Welcome to another edition of Northwestern Outdoors Radio, the award-winning show covering fishing, hunting, conservation, destinations, and other outdoors recreation across the greater Northwest. Northwestern Outdoors is brought to you by Max Lur, Sportsman's Warehouse, Sina Sea Seafood, and Wallowa County Chamber of Commerce, and the Northern Pike Minnow Sport Reward Fishery Program. And now, let's see what's happening this week with your host, John Cruz. Welcome to the show. April is officially here, and that means there are more opportunities this month to catch fish and start hunting turkeys. Regarding those turkey hunts, if the season in your state isn't open yet, it will be soon. And that's why this weekend is a great time to scout for those birds. And if you find them on private land, knock on some doors and try to get permission to hunt on that land. Trust me on this. Knocking on somebody's door at 4.30 in the morning on an opening day is not going to get you on their land. So do it now and bear gifts. In addition to this, it's also a great time to sight in and pattern that shotgun you're going to use on the turkey opener and do a little practice with that turkey call too. This week on Northwestern Outdoors Radio, we've got the last of the audio we recorded at sportsman shows this winter for you. One of these interviews happened all the way back in Puyallup at the Washington Sportsman Show. The interview is with Toby Cantwell, who was at the show with his really cool-looking northern goshawk telling folks about a new organization here in the Northwest dedicated to the ancient sport of falconry. Yes, hunting birds and small game with falcons. The name of the organization, the Northwest Game Hawkers. Two other interviews came from the Bighorn Show in Spokane, and they both involved interviews with dynamic duos. Our first chat in just a few minutes will be with Mike Mock, an old friend of mine who has a tackle shop in Brewster. He also owns the company Lure Safe, and he is also promoting the Brewster King Salmon Derby that will take place on the Columbia River this coming August. With him is Rich Braun. He's the co-founder of a company called Simple Derby, and Simple Derby helps tournament organizers input data fast and post it onto a leaderboard for anglers to see on their phones while they are still out on the water. Our other dynamic duo, that would be Rex Hoisington with Kootenai River Adventures and Leanna Young, a guide with the Last Resort Outfitters. They both operate on the Kootenai River way up north in the Idaho Panhandle. Rex will rent you a raft from Kootenai River Adventures that will allow you to float up to 17 miles on the scenic river, and he'll shuttle you to your put-in point, too. As for Leanna, she wants to take you fly fishing, and no experience is required. Not only that, Leanna loves to introduce other women into the sport of fly fishing, and the Kootenai River is a good place to do it because there are a bunch of healthy-sized rainbow trout to be found here. It being April, a lot of folks have spring Chinook on the brain, especially down on the Columbia and Willamette Rivers, and Bob Loomis will join us for an extended Max Minute with a suggestion on what to use to get a springer into the boat. We also have a new state record fish to tell you about that coincidentally also comes out of the northern Idaho panhandle, and this fish is a whopper. We'll tell you all about the big fish that didn't get away towards the end of our show, and oh yes... We'll also have another Sportsman's Warehouse Trivia Question of the Week where you have the chance to win a $25 gift card from America's premier outfitter. And this question of the week has to do with fish, mud hens, sports, and the town of Toledo, Ohio. you want to stay tuned for this one. Before we get into all of this, though, let's see what David Sparks has for us this week on Sportsman Spotlight, brought to you by the Ag Information Network of the West. Expandables or fixed broadheads? I'm David Sparks with Sportsman Spotlight. 
Edwin Harpole's a lifetime hunter first and an outfitter second. He owns Extreme Hunts in Pike County, Illinois, and does a tremendous amount of bow hunting for whitetails. And so do his clients. But a lot of times there's a question mark that comes up before his hunters head for their tree stands where they're looking for beautiful whitetail bucks. Edwin, there's a little bit of a controversy on broadheads, and I want you to discuss that. Well, we get asked a lot when the guys come in if we allow expandables or fixed broadheads and which are best and that type of thing. And I actually shoot an expandable broadhead. I think they're a good tool. You've just got to place the correct placement on the deer with either one you shoot. The proper broadhead is the proper place broadhead. Expandables, most of them do a great job if you pull back out of the anything in the front shoulder area. You cannot penetrate the front shoulder area with most expandables. A fixed head will go through the front shoulder area, but if you get back behind that, the expandables will do more damage internally to the deer. So you'll probably have a, the deer will run for less distance that way, but you do have to have proper placement. It's not the broadhead itself, it's the placement. I think I'm hearing you say that they both have positive features. That's correct, and they both do a good job if they're placed in the proper place. And that's what it all boils down to, whether it's a muzzleloader or shotgun or broadhead, it's shot placement. Absolutely no doubt, and that's why it is so important to practice. When you're finished practicing, practice some more. When Pythium threatens your cereal crops and your yield potential, the best offense is a good defense. Protect against yield-robbing Pythium damage with Viantis a fungicide seed treatment with the most powerful mode of action against even the most resistant Pythium strains. For stands that deliver, trust Viantis from Syngenta. Always read and follow label instructions. When you're a rancher, you learn to listen to the land. It's a silent partnership. Invest wisely. It'll pay off for the long haul. Rejuva Herbicide can restore your rangeland with up to four years of cheatgrass control. That means greener pastures with three and a half times the perennial grass production. Your land is calling for improved grazing capacity and a stronger bottom line. Answer at Rejuva.com. Always read and follow label instructions. Rejuva is a trademark owned by Environmental Science, USLLC, or one of its affiliates. Not all products are registered in all states. David Sparks, Sportsman Spotlight. You're back in with Northwestern Outdoors Radio. I'm John Cruz. We are broadcasting from the Bighorn Outdoor Adventure Show in Spokane. And I'm catching up with an old friend of mine, Mike Mock. He is the man behind Mock's Fishing Stuff. You'll find his store in Brewster, Washington. He's also a busy man running some tournaments, too. Mike, welcome to the show. Thank you, John. Thanks for stopping by the show. Well, in addition to this, I've met somebody new, too, and that would be Rich Braun. He's one of the co-founders of Simple Derby, and Rich, I'm very interested in what you have to offer. Yeah, we you know do administration for different derbies. We do ticketing for them, just anything they want to get that derby going, we're there to help them. And one of your clients is the Brewster Chamber of Commerce, and Mike, why don't you give us the details on the Brewster Salmon Derby this year? Yeah, well, thank you. Um, our Salmon Derby is on schedule. We'll be on the 4th, 5th, and 6th this year. And we got lots of our sponsors coming back. Unfortunately, we do have Rich doing simple derby for our tickets. He took a big, big load off of our off our shoulders by doing the derby. So um, we're glad to have him on board doing it. And he actually comes and helps. Usually you have some pretty decent money for both the adult and youth division in terms of the first place prize, don't you? We always have, yeah, it's a $2,000 for King of the Pool. That's biggest fish. The second biggest fish is first place. And that's a $1,500. And then 
on down that way, we paid down the fifth place. And in youth is, I don't, I forget what youth is, but it's a big prize for youth too. So we have big prizes, big money. Last year we gave a $3,000 trolling motor away from Bob File Boats. Nice. All kinds of guided fishing trips. And we have a new sponsor, uh, Living Life Outdoors, Brianna, out of... Uh, Yes, Living Life Adventures. Brianna Bruce, she is a wonderful woman. Yeah, she is, and she's great. She actually fished the Derby last year, and she's going to be a big sponsor this year, so come on down. Okay, that is fantastic. And again, the Brewster Salmon Derby, folks, it is a very popular salmon derby on the upper Columbia River, and you get into some really big Chinook up there. What was the biggest one? What was the king of the pool last year? Well, glad you asked that. I happen to have that. King of the Pool was a 29-pound king, and the sec- the first place was 28 pounds. Youth was 26 pounds, so we had some big fish. Biggest fish we've had in a long time. The year before was only 18 pounds, just for, for comparison. So, yes, we had a bunch of fish caught last year's. All right. Well, just Google Brewster Salmon Derby. You're going to find that in a hurry. And, Mike... Your company, Lure Safe, is actually putting on another derby, and this one's a bass derby, the Battle of the Clubs, taking place at Potholes Reservoir, August 26th and 27th. What's this all about? Well, I don't fish bass much, but they are, they're a sponsor, and we sponsored them, and so the Okanagan Club, so... I decided to sponsor this Battle of the Clubs between the Wenatchee Central Washington Club and the Okanagan Club. And last year was Roosevelt. This year's at the Potholes. And um, it's for members only, but it's a great event. I mean, these clubs really fight, really a big competition between those two groups. And it's fun to do, and everybody's welcome. You have to join a club, but yeah. It's and, it's, fun. and it's your choice on which one to join. You can yeah. either join the Okanagan Valley Bass Club or the Central Washington Bass Club that was established way back in 1971. So consider doing that. And by the way, as a bass angler, i got to put in a plug for your lure-safe products because I use them all the time when I'm on the bass boat, and it it keeps my rods untangled, those lure-safe products that you have. They're wonderful, folks. It's just basically uh, clear vinyl with Velcro on it. You just fold them right over your lures and over to your rod, and it makes things very easy when it comes to staying organized and efficient on the bass boat. That's correct, and and the uh, Okanagan Club president, Craig, uh, we designed a spinnerbait book that now has 10 or 20 pockets that folds up to hold your spinnerbaits, and he's got it designed so it'll fit right in your bass boat under the lid that goes down and keeps it right in your boat. Yeah, for really nice storage compartment for your uh, spinnerbaits and your swim baits and stuff like that. So I'm trying to gear up towards bass guys. There's a lot of us out there. We appreciate it. All right, Rich, let's talk a little bit about Simple Derby. One of your clients is a Brewster Salmon Derby. Exactly what do you do? Because it sounds like this is something that anybody who wants to run a derby can take advantage of. Yes, exactly. Um, what we do is we set up an administration program for you to run your derby. It's all online, so you don't need to install any kind of program and stuff like that. And we customize it to your specific derby. So we can get pretty complicated, and we will make it easy for you. No more spreadsheets, none of this stuff that can pull your hair out about, and we do that. Well, you came up with this because you're involved with the Everett Coho Derby. And and I didn't know this. I didn't know it was the biggest salmon derby on the West Coast. Yeah, we are. We are the largest on the West Coast of North America. And we came up with this some years ago. We kind of melded into it because we have so many people weighing fish. One year we had 1,100 people weighing fish. We had to do something. So this kind of morphed from that. We do barcoding, and it all is part of this program. It's just, it makes it easy. And I think a lot of tournament organizers are definitely interested 
interested in that because you're right. When you have a lot of people at a tournament and there's just a couple of you at the weigh-in trying to enter all this stuff, that's not so easy. So having simple derby sounds like a great thing. So is this a software program that people are buying? No, it's online. You don't have to install anything. So the only basic thing that you need is a good internet connection. And so from there, we take it from that point on. We take the administration building of the program away from you. We do it. We will have contact with you, talk to you. What do you do to make your derby run? And we'll put that into the program so you can do other things like sell tickets. And the other nice thing about Simple Derby is that when you enter the fish, it automatically updates on the leaderboard so anglers in their boats can check their cell phone and see exactly what they need to be. Exactly. That's one of the most popular things we've found. People will sit on their boats and they like to play on their smartphones and they'll watch it. And we We'd get calls, hey, I don't see my name up there. Well, you know, you just wait. You'll see it. It just continuously <laughs> updates. You know, people are anxious, and they really like that feature. That is pretty neat. Though, folks, I think you're better off watching your rod tip as opposed to your smartphone when you're at a fishing derby, but that's okay. How much does the basic simple derby cost if, if somebody's interested in, in bringing you on board? The basic program is $150 for a one-time use. Now, we do have an option if you're a um, 501c3, we will deduct it down to $125. That is a great deal. Uh, Either price is a really good deal in terms of just taking the headache away and being able to really let anglers know exactly what's going on in real time on the leaderboard. So what's the website folks should go to? SimpleDerby.com. It's simple. (laughs) There you go. All right. So if any of you out there are involved with running tournaments or want to run a tournament, get a hold of Rich Braun. The website, again, simplederby.com. And if you want to get involved in the Brewster Salmon Derby, they've actually changed the name. It is now Brewster King Salmon Derby. So the website to go to is brewsterkingsalmonderby.com. That's brewsterkingsalmonderby.com. Plan on participating, seeing if you can get a 20-plus pounder or join one of the bass clubs and get involved with the battle of the clubs at potholes and again if you're running a derby go to simplederby.com and find out how they can help you do that gentlemen great to talk to you and tickets are on sale for that derby right now thank you very much (laughs) thank you if you're like me all of this talk about salmon is probably making you hungry for some tasty chinook salmon and if you don't have any in the freezer you can always have some delivered right to your door in meal-sized portions no less and the company that'll do that for you is cena sea this is the family-run company that catches wild-caught seafood out of the cold waters of alaska they handle it carefully they package it with care and ship it right to your doorstep we're talking chinook salmon we're talking coho salmon and the world famous copper river sockeye salmon too along with halibut sablefish and a whole lot more check out the entire product line of tasty food available from cena c at their website you'll find that at cena that's s-e-n-a-s-e-a cena c.com and use the promo code outdoors radio for 10 percent off your entire order Anglers are getting a raise this year with the Northern Pike Minnow Sport Reward Fishery Program, and the fish are biting. Here's how it works. First, register at a pike minnow station along the Columbia or Snake River. Next, go fishing for pike minnow and bring back all of them that measure 9 inches or longer. The fish are worth 6 8 or $10, and the more fish you catch, the more each one is worth. Keep an eye out for tagged fish, too, because those are worth 500 bucks. Go fishing, make money, and have fun. 
Find out more at pikeminnow.org. Located in the northeast corner of Oregon, Wallowa County offers a unique destination rich in natural beauty and outdoors recreation. Enjoy the clear waters of Wallowa Lake. Take a tram to the top of Mount Howard for million-dollar views. Hike or ride into the Eagle Cap Wilderness and fish or raft the Wallowa and Grand Ronde Rivers. It's all waiting for you in beautiful Wallowa County. Plan your visit today at WallowaCountyChamber.com. That's WallowaCountyChamber.com. Welcome back to Northwestern Outdoors Radio and to an extended Max Minute, brought to you by Max Lure. Guess who's back? Yes, it is Bob Loomis with Max Lure. And the topic today, Bob, is Spring Chinook, because you've got some guides that are starting to target them on the lower Columbia and around the Willamette River in Portland, too. What would you suggest they use to get some springers in the boat? Well, you know, it's like anything else. Everybody's got their own little niche, but one of the things that you know, most everybody is doing is running 360 flashers now. And those 360 flashers, we've got the scent flash, which is not only a 360 flasher, but you can fill it up with scent. So having the uh, all UV body, as well as the scent that you can apply to it, I mean, you can attract fish from a long ways away. How has the, the UV become a game changer in the industry for both flashers and lures? Well, UV is, refers to light reflection from your ambient light. And depending on how clear your waters are, what type of products you're using, when you start putting UV into plastics, into paints, uh, the different types of metallic stuff that's out there, you know, UV really does help create an attraction to fish, drawing them to what you're you're trying to do. All right. Well, ultraviolet is a fisherman's friend. And if you're looking for a flasher to use, you know what it is. It's the Max Scent Flash. It comes in both a triangle flasher and a paddle flasher. You can find it at sporting goods stores all over the Northwest. And you can also order it online at maxlure.com. Sportsman's Warehouse is America's premier outfitter with the gear you need for fishing, hunting, camping, paddling, cooking, and just about anything else you can do in the woods or in the water. With over 125 stores across America, there is bound to be a Sportsman's Warehouse near you with not only the gear you need, but also the experts to help you get the most out of the product you purchase. Head down to your local Sportsman's Warehouse today or shop online anytime at sportsmans.com. That's sportsmans.com. Game-changing. That's the best way to describe the new Scent Flash UV Triangle Flasher from Max Lure Company. This 360-degree rotational inline flasher features a scent-release system attracting salmon to the lure behind it like no other flasher on the market. Soak the free scent pad with any type of oil or gel, or load up the cavity with any type of bait for fishing success beyond your wildest dreams. It's the Scent Flash UV Triangle Flasher, only from Max Lure Company. Go fishing. Help salmon and make money. You can do it through September 30th by catching northern pike minnow and turning them in for cash. Here's how it works. 
First, register at a designated station on the Columbia or Snake River. Then, go fishing. At the end of the day, turn in any pike minnow you catch 9 inches or longer and look for the ones with tags worth 500 bucks. You'll get vouchers for those pike minnow you turn in, and you mail those in for cash. Find out more at pikeminnow.org. Next up on Northwestern Outdoors Radio, we've got more audio for you from the Bighorn Outdoor Adventure Show in Spokane. If you go way up in the northern Idaho panhandle to Bonner's Ferry, you're going to find the Kootenai River. And you can have a lot of fun fishing there and rafting there. And there's a couple of businesses here at the show that want to help you with that. One of them is Kootenai River Adventures, and the other is Kootenai River Fly Fishing. And I just happen to have the owners here, Leanna Young. And Rex Hoisington. Rex, Leanna, welcome to the show. Thank you. Nice to meet you. Thank you very much. So, Rex, we're going to start off with you. Why don't you tell us a little bit about the Kootenai River flowing through Idaho from Montana? What we have is an undiscovered piece of heaven, basically. (laughs) And our business is we rent rafts, self-guided trip. We rent you the raft, we rent you the life jackets, the paddles, plus we shuttle you either 10 miles upriver or 17, and you float back to Twin Rivers Resort. The Kootenai River basically is, like I say, an undiscovered river, and we'd love to have you come and visit us. Let's talk a little bit about what's going to happen on the float. So I think first thing people are going to want to know, is there white water involved or not? No, the Kootenai River is not known for white water. It's a very family-friendly float is how we characterize it. What kind of wildlife are people likely to see while they're floating down the river? You're going to see deer, elk. You're going to see an occasional cougar or once in a while a wolf. Not very often, though. Wow. Do you have moose up there, too? We do. Yeah, you'd have to go early in the morning, basically, to see the wildlife. Okay, well, that sounds like a lot of fun. I understand a lot of folks are doing do-it-yourself fishing trips, too. That is correct. You can bring deer fishing, fly fishing, however you want to do it, but it's up to you as to what you want to do to experience the river. And what are your folks catching out of the Kootenai River? Basically, rainbow trout. What size are we talking about here? Anywhere from 12 to 24 inches. That's nice. You can, predominantly the size is 16 to 18 inches. I could catch 16 to 18 inch (laughs) rainbow trout all day and be a very happy man. That sounds fantastic. Now, Leanna was telling me that you don't have to just go for one day. There's a number of islands along the Kootenai River. You can actually just pull up the raft and pitch a tent. That is correct. Two large islands that is available for camping. It's first come, first serve. But there's probably 20 improved sites on the island that you can uh, pull up and utilize. Is there any fee to camp at these places? No. No, it's all first come, first serve, and it's free. All right. And I guess we should ask, what's the fee for the the raft rental and shuttle? Six-person raft is $225 a day. Eight-person is $250. That includes the life jackets, the paddles, plus the shuttle either Leonia, which is at the Idaho-Montana line, or six miles into Montana to the Yak River campground, and you float 17 miles back to the Twin Rivers Resort. 
Well, this sounds like a, a great opportunity to have a real adventure in northern Idaho. But speaking of opportunities to have adventures, if you want to get into fly fishing or if you just want to explore this river with a guide for the first time, you might want to talk to Leanna Young, the owner of the Last Resort Outfitters. Why don't you tell us a little bit about what you offer? Hi, I'm actually the guide for the Last Resort Outfitters. The owner is Colby Blair, and he has a permit on the Kootenai River, and he has two guides. We float from the Montana-Idaho state line, which is known as the Leonia put-in, and we do 11 miles to the takeout at Twin Rivers. The second float we offer is we put in at Twin Rivers, and we'll do 7 miles to the town of Bonners Ferry. They're both very fishy, depending upon what you want to look at scenically or how much time you have. Both floats are great. I have a lot of clients that will do one float the first day and then come back the next day do the second float into town. You have riffles, you have deep water, you have slow-moving water. You just have a little bit of every type of fly fishing available on the Kootenai. It is a tailwater below the dam, which is in Montana, so they can control the temperature of the water. We don't have to worry about the hot August days where a lot of the rivers are too warm to fish that, you know, if you right. do the right thing, you got to stop fishing. Right. But you don't have to worry about hood no. owl restrictions. Exactly. On the Kootenai, the Army Corps of Engineers can keep the waters cool by pulling from the reservoir, deep in the reservoir. So they keep it cool all summer long. We have a great opportunity all through August and even September. And it's just a great fishery. There's no easy public access to the shore so if you don't have a boat you don't get to see you know the fisheries not only that you were telling me that in idaho on the rivers you have to have a permit and there's only what four permitted guides on the river well for outfitters the outfitter has to own a permit to operate on the water and to my knowledge the kootenai has a very limited amount of outfitters i know of four outfitters my boss being one of them, his father held the permit for many, many years but didn't use it. So this is my fifth year guiding on the Kootenai. Uh, but I've been fishing the Kootenai for over 20 years, and it is definitely something to come back to each fall. And I understand you specialize in novice anglers in terms of people who have never maybe even used a fly rod before, and also women anglers. I do. I teach, I teach fly fishing. I'm happy to show anybody how to fly fish. I do have clients that bring their wives and get their wives hooked on fly fishing. And the unfortunate thing about that is they love it so much they get their own drift boat and I don't see them again. <laughs> but I love sharing my love for fly fishing to anybody. And I can proudly say that no one has gotten skunked. So, so far, I mean, it's going to happen someday, but it hasn't yet. So I'm proud of that. That is something to be very proud of. I've had plenty of days on the water, even with guides, where I've gone home empty-handed. But, uh, folks, again, the Kootenai River, northern Idaho, way north in Idaho. Sounds like a wonderful opportunity to float the river or to fly fish the river. And, again, you can do so with the Last Resort Outfitters, that's the fly fishing, and Kootenai River Adventures for the raft shuttles. If you need a place to stay, you can either camp or you can consider the best western that's in Bonners Ferry. Real nice place. It has a casino, too. Before we go, let's do one more thing. Rex and Leanna, let's give out websites. Okay, so for the last resort, our website is www.tlrog.com, and that stands for The Last Resort Outfitter Guide. So tlrog.com. And Rex? Website is com. 
All right, the Kootenai River. Make plans to head up there this summer and enjoy some of what they have to offer. Leanna, Rex, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Speaking of wildlife found near rivers from the Oregon Department of Fish and Wildlife, we learn a wolverine was sighted by two anglers on the Columbia River near Portland last Monday, March 20th. Wolverines are exceedingly rare. They're listed as threatened in Oregon. They're the largest member of the weasel family. They resemble a small bear, and they are said to have a very mean disposition, and they are very fierce as well. This is actually the first confirmed sighting of a wolverine in Oregon outside of the Wallawa Mountains in over 30 years. Photos of the wolverine were taken by the anglers. They were shared with the staff from Cascadia Wild, a local nonprofit organization that does community science wildlife surveys for wolverines on Mount Hood. And members of Cascadia Wild, along with ODFW, wildlife biologists actually went to the site of the observation, didn't find a wolverine, but they did find wolverine tracks. So, what was this wolverine doing near the Rose City? Well, Biologists think it's likely the animal was dispersing as the habitat in the area certainly doesn't meet the life history requirements of wolverines. We're usually found in mountains and deep forests, but wolverines, they can travel over 30 miles in a day, so it's likely the animal is already long gone from where it was sighted in Portland. Hopefully, it's heading up towards Mount Hood, which would be a much better place for it to be than downtown Portland, which, as we know, can be a little sketchy at times, even for a wolverine. By the way, if you see an animal that you think is a wolverine, and that would be a -a once-in-a-lifetime sighting, do notify your state fish and wildlife agency. They would love to hear about sightings like this. And if you have photos, please share those as well. Stick around. We've got more of the outdoors coming your way to include a chat with a member of an organization that is dedicated to falconry here in the Northwest. A sharp blade makes short work of any project you have in the outdoors, in the kitchen, or in the shop. Hone your knives and tools with quality power and manual sharpeners from WorkSharp. Find out more at WorkSharpTools.com. Next up on Northwestern Outdoors Radio, we've got some more audio for you recorded at the Washington Sportsman Show in Puyallup. And there's been some very interesting guests wandering the aisles, and they're not of the two-legged variety. They're more of the, well, claw-like and raptor variety. With us here to tell you more about it is Toby Cantwell with Northwest Gamehawkers. Toby, welcome to the show. Welcome. Thanks for having me. i got to tell you, this bird that you have in your hand right now is an absolutely beautiful raptor. What kind of bird is it, and what's its name? This is Alfalfa. He's a six-year-old northern goshawk. Now, northern goshawks, I know, are very, very popular around the Snake River Canyon. Where did you get this one? This guy was actually killing someone's pigeons around the Yakima Tri-Cities area, so he was trapped and uh, used as a falconry bird. Interesting. So how does one get into the sport of falconry? It's not hard, but it's a, it's a lengthy process. It's a two-year apprenticeship, and uh, you report that with the state. You take a fish and wildlife test at the, one of the, the offices, pass it with a score of 80% or more, 
and you do a two-year apprenticeship, like I said, and you have your facilities inspected by Fish and Wildlife, and then you get an apprentice permit where you can fly a red tail hawk or an American kestrel for a period of up to two years. And after that, you can, uh, you're can you signed off as a general falconer. So how do you progress to like a northern goshawk or a peregrine falcon? You know, that's basically your, you kind of follow your own lead and your, and your comfort level. You start off with something like an American kestrel or a red-tailed hawk, and you work your way up. If you're, if you're into a hunting upland game, then you kind of gravitate more toward uh, peregrine falcons and goshawks. And if you, you really like small game, rabbits, squirrels, then you, you would probably stick with more like the goshawks or the uh, Harris hawks or short wings question for you i I didn't know this about the red-tailed hawks and the kestrels basically being the starter birds why why are they the starter birds for the program probably there i would not even consider most of those two birds like to be great starter birds but i think it's probably because the, the biologists consider them more prolific so there's probably just more of them there that are available so if you're interested in falconry, how do you even go about getting a bird? Like I said, the first thing is to, is to get your name out there. Most people are not going to want to sponsor you until they, they get to know you and know you're serious before they take you on as a mentor. But uh, the first thing is you, you look up a, you know, one of your state falconry clubs or you contact Fish and Wildlife. They can give you a list of people in your area. And the trapping process is, uh, is really something you follow your mentor's instructions on. There's, there's various methods of trapping and getting started. Well, I got to tell you what, alfalfa is a, just a strikingly beautiful bird and so calm, even in the setting where there's all sorts of people around. Yeah, it takes a lot of hours to get them, get them like this. And, and the uh, goshawks are occipiters. They're not some uh, bird you'd normally see in a setting like this. They tend to be really high strung and really say these are probably more of the take you a little more time to get build yourself up to a bird like this. Looks like it's well worth it. What do you and alfalfa hunt? We do mainly duck and upland games, so I'm not a big rabbit. I don't like jumping in the bushes too much, so so I like the upland game, and uh, ducks and pheasant are my key. There's a whole separate falconry season that's different from the other seasons. Why don't you tell me a little bit when this season happens? Uh, our seasons are, are generally, we follow the general seasons. We, we get a few extra weeks with ducks and pheasants because we get to start with the youth season. So when the youth season starts, we generally start. And as far as take limits, we follow the same bag limits as, the, as gun hunting. But we do get to uh, take hens, you know, if, if we're pheasant hunting. Once the flight starts, there's nothing we can do. The bird's loose, and it's going to grab whatever it flushes, so we're allowed to take hens. Okay, good to know. Now, if you want to be with like-minded people and go out and do some things together, it sounds like you've got the group for that, the Northwest Gamehawkers. Tell us a little bit about this. Northwest Gamehawkers was founded this year, actually, and its uh, mission statement is basically just to preserve falconry as a hunting sport. It tends to get a lot of different type of people looking into falconry, and our main objective is, is, is just to facilitate communication among members and uh, offer opportunities for falconry and, like I said, to preserve it as a purely hunting sport. So are there, there meetings? Is there like an annual conference? Or are there like birding events or hunting events where you get together? We do. Our main big events are we have a winter meet every year, a fall meet every year, and a number of falconers all get together, fly birds, and, and have a good time. And in July, we have a, a annual picnic and auction and barbecue, and we also have various just pint nights and social events throughout the year. Where do some of the bigger events occur? We do them all over. We do like the summer picnic last year was in the Bothell, Washington. Our uh, winter meet this year was a big success, and it was uh, in the Kennewick area. What about 
our listeners who may want to get into falconry that are from Oregon or Idaho? They can go to the website. We have a sponsor coordinator for people looking into the sport. For already falconers, uh, we have an events page and a $35 membership. Are any events outside of Washington State? Yeah, we do. We had uh, we had one that was uh, in Burns, Oregon. It was one of our first events we ever put on was in Burns, Oregon. So we tend to kind of follow the game. So, you know, if we wanted to target grouse, we would go to Idaho. If we wanted to char- target jackrabbits, we'd have an event in, or- in Oregon, probably, you know, Washington Cottontails and similar. Absolutely fascinating, and, and what a special group. What is the website for the Northwest Gamehawkers? You can go to northwestgamehawkers.org. All right, northwestgamehawkers.org. If you already have a bird, or whether you aspire to be a falconer, this is the place for you. Northwestgamehawkers.org. Check it out, and I hope to see you in alfalfa in the field. Hey, awesome. Thanks for having me. And now it's time for one of my favorite segments. It's time to talk record fish. From the Idaho Department of Fish and Game, we learned that an angler has landed a new state record northern pike. It happened at Hayden Lake in the Idaho Panhandle on March 21st, and the angler that caught it was Thomas Francis. The fish, it weighed a whopping 40.76 pounds. It was 49 inches long and had a girth of 26 and a half inches, a true monster of a pike. Now, Francis is actually an avid northern pike angler, and he regularly targets big pike. That's what he does. That's what trips his trigger. And this day of fishing on Hayden Lake started like any other day. He had the same gear, the same approach, and the same goal he always uses to catch big pike. Now, Francis says that there was some ice on the lake that day, so he couldn't cast right up to the shore, only to the edge of the ice. He went on to say when his lure hit the water, he let it sink all the way to the bottom, and as soon as the lure hit the bottom, he felt her hit. He fishes with 80-pound test line, and that fish almost immediately started peeling a lot of drag off that reel. Francis said as soon as that happened, he knew he was into a really big fish. He went on to say that the fish pinned herself to the bottom and just kept going, peeling drag the whole time. I knew that wasn't normal, and I could tell it was something special. After peeling line for a while, the pike changed her tactics. Francis says, suddenly I got slack line as she was coming straight up for the bottom. She came flying out of the water, and it was obvious she was a huge fish. When he finally landed her, Francis said she knew it was going to be a state record or really close to it. So he headed to the dock, loaded the boat, and started looking for a certified scale and tape measure. After visiting several different places, he eventually found a place that did have a certified scale and received the certified weight of 40.76 pounds, which narrowly beat out the former record of 40.13 pounds, a fish that was caught also in northern Idaho at Lower Twin Lake back in 2010. When asked what he thinks about pike fishing in North Idaho, Francis responded, I like having pike around. They are the biggest fish we can go after here in North Idaho, and I fish for them almost every day. Way to go, Thomas. That is a monster. I hope that it ends up mounted on your wall. Congratulations on your new record. Stick around, we've got more coming your way to include your Sportsman's Warehouse Trivia Question of the Week.
Enjoy a meal of wild Alaskan seafood delivered right to your door. Sea offers premium quality wild Alaskan fish and shellfish to include Copper River King and Silver Salmon, Halibut, Black Cod, King Crab, and of course, Copper River Sockeye Salmon. Order it blast frozen or smoked and experience a slice of Alaska for a special meal you won't forget. Buy your seafood now at SeaNaSea.com. That's S-E-N-A-S-E-A, SeaNaSea.com. Want to go fishing and make money? You are in luck. This year's Pike Minnow Sport Reward Fishery kicks off May 1st. Just register at a check station and go fishing for 9-inch or longer northern pike minnow within designated waters of the Columbia or Snake River. Then you bring your fish back and collect a voucher good for a cash reward. The more fish you catch, the more they're worth. Catch a pike minnow with a special tag and you've landed 500 bucks. Find out more at pikeminnow.org. That's pikeminnow.org. Did you know we actually have a sponsorship opportunity available for this show? That's right. You can be a sponsor of Northwestern Outdoors Radio, reaching thousands of listeners every week, tuning in to 69 stations in seven states. If you have a business that caters to outdoors enthusiasts, this is the platform for you, and you're going to find it's much more affordable than you think. Contact me through my website at northwesternoutdoors.com, and let's get a conversation started. That's northwesternoutdoors.com. Sportsman's Warehouse is America's premier outfitter with the gear you need for fishing, hunting, camping, paddling, cooking, and just about anything else you can do in the woods or in the water. With over 125 stores across America, there is bound to be a Sportsman's Warehouse near you with not only the gear you need, but also the experts to help you get the most out of the product you purchase. Head down to your local Sportsman's Warehouse today or shop online anytime at sportsmans.com. That's sportsmans.com. Before we go today, we've got time for one last shot of Northwestern Outdoors Radio with your host, John Cruz. I'm back because it's time for your Sportsman's Warehouse Trivia Question of the Week. And this one has to do with the city of Toledo, Ohio. As you may know, they have a triple-A baseball team named after the Coots. And the Mudhens were actually made famous by Corporal Klinger in MASH, as you may recall. He often wore gear from the Toledo Mudhens. But Toledo also has a minor league hockey team, too. And this name is also very outdoorsy. And that's your question. What is the name of Toledo's minor league hockey team? I'll give you a hint. It's a fish. Is it A, the Northern Pike? Is it B, the walleye, or is it C, the catfish? One lucky person who guesses right wins that $25 gift card we give away every week from Sportsman's Warehouse. And if you need some fishing gear to catch catfish or pike or walleye or trout or bass or just about anything else, you'll find it all at a Sportsman's Warehouse store near you. And if you don't have one near you, you can always order online. Just go to sportsmans.com. That's sportsmans.com for Sportsman's Warehouse. As for how to enter this contest, well, if you've been listening to this show for a while, you know how this works. You can just go to our website at northwesternoutdoors.com, go to the Contact Us page, and shoot us an email. Or, if you prefer, you can go to our Facebook page. You'll find that at Northwestern Outdoors Radio. If you haven't already, please follow that page. That helps us out. And again, let us know which of these fish is the mascot for Toledo, Ohio's minor league hockey team. Is it 
the northern pike? Is it the walleye or is it the catfish? Oh, the fun we have here on Northwestern Outdoors Radio. On that note, it is time to wrap things up, but here's hoping you are blessed in the days ahead, and here's hoping you get out there, too, for a little bit of fishing, maybe some wildlife watching, and oh, yes, and turkey season is opening up this month, too. We'll end the show today with a little music from Frank Prenovost, a song that I enjoy called I Miss Lake Bemidji. tackle from windows and can catch a northland jigs by the score. And it gets my last dollar with the new hog wobbler before I walk out the door. And I miss Lake Bemidji and all of my buddies and all of the beer we go through. Chucking big bait, making figure eights with musky spinners and lures. Oh, honey, I love you, and that's not a lie. Musky guides all tell the truth. This must be the reason why I miss fishing more than I miss you. This must be the reason why I miss fishing more than I miss.